women have a unique role in creation. Women are the nurturers, the birth givers, the more spiritual of the genders. And Torah teaches that women have a special status. Join Mashi Lipska for the next hour as she expounds the Torah wisdom specific to women. Only on 101.9 High FM. It is the first day of Rosh Chodesh of the month of Iyak. Greg, I have an echo. This is a special month that we're entering, and this very special month is tremendously empowering. Craig, I've got a terrible echo. It's very, very important. Oh, that's much better. Great. Let's start again. <clears throat> Today's the 30th day of the month of Nisan, which means we're still in the month of redemption, but we're also stretching toward the new month. Mm-hmm. And it's that new month and what it offers us that we want to explore today. Life is made up of cycles. We get to expect that that's what's normal. We get used to it. But think of a new child, a baby coming into the world. A child is born and there's a birthday. And that birthday becomes a date toward which the child looks every year to celebrate. That is his special day. And every time he has a birthday, he feels renewed. He's older. He's reached a goal, a milestone. It's not just an exciting personal day. It is a day that marks a change in his life. A child looks forward to going to school. And then the new grade. I was in nursery school. Now I'm moving upward. In America, we call it kindergarten or pre-grade. And then we go to grade one. Wow, I'm so big. A child is full of wonder. New friendships fill him with excitement. For a newborn, for a toddler, for a child, everything is new. Everything is wonderful. A flower, a butterfly. A song. There's always change. And change is positive. Sunrise, sunset. The ocean. To see the ocean for the first time. A bird. A snowflake. Things don't stay the same. But the question is, how do we look at it? Do we look at it as positive? As an opportunity? Or do we look at it either in a way of, well, that's just how it is. It's always been there. That's how it is. That's life. Or do we look at it as every minute is something fresh, a new creation? Time moves on. A new day begins. The day ends, a week begins, a week ends, a month begins, a month ends, a year begins, a year ends. And to us, we can get used to it. We can think, well, that's how it is. It's the same. Everything's just constantly changing. Yes, this is what Friday is like. We need to know. 
Number one, that every second is a brand new creation. We are not the same. The world is not the same. Every moment is actually actively a creation of God with tremendous potential. And then the other good news is nothing is the same and nothing is lost. Everything good that has been done is cumulative. Every mitzvah, every act of goodness, every bit of light is, as it were, stored by Hashem. And the light is growing bigger and bigger. Every week, we reach a higher level, a higher Shabbos. This Shabbos is going to be higher than any Shabbos that ever was before. And every good deed adds quality and refinement and light, not only to us, to our family, but to all of creation, to the entire universe. Nothing is constant. Everything's always changing except for the infinite creator himself. Hashem was, is, and will be in one unit. He is constant. If we could only tap into that excitement, we feel it at a milestone, at a dramatic stage. Meet someone special, a marriage, have a baby, a bar mitzvah. But the truth is that every moment is brand, brand new. And every moment is as exciting as the first one. A child once had an opportunity to ask the Rebbe's mother, A very interesting question. This little child, this little boy, was a delivery boy. And he would come to deliver groceries to the Rebbe's mother. And in doing so, he had a chance to see the Rebbe Simchana, to chat to her. And one day, this little nine-year-old boy asked the Rebbe's mother a question. She was always very kind to him. He felt comfortable with her. She would invite him in for milk and cookies. And he once mustered up the courage to ask Rebbeson, what is the Rebbe's favorite prayer? He remembers her answering, of course, all prayers, all tefillot are important. But yes, there must be one that is closest to the Rebbe's heart. I don't know which one it is, but when he's here again, next time he's here, I'm going to ask him. I'll ask him in your name. And the next week, when this young fellow saw the Rebbeson, she said to him, I'm happy that I have an answer to your question. It's a very short prayer. It's the first prayer we say in the morning. The moide ani, moide ani lefanecha. Twelve words. I offer thanks to you, living and eternal King, for you have restored my soul within me with mercy. 
your faithfulness is great. And this little nine-year-old turned around and said, that's all? That That's the prayer? And the Rebbison said, yes, that's his favorite. The little fellow was surprised by that answer because that's a prayer that babies say, that little ones learn. And right after this short break, let's try and discuss what could be behind the Rebbe's favorite prayer. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. It's Mashi Lipsker. And before the break, we were speaking about the Rebbe's favorite prayer. The little boy who used to deliver groceries to the Rebbe Tzinchana and felt comfortable enough one day to muster up the courage and ask her, what's the Rebbe's favorite prayer? And the Rebbitson said the next time she saw him, she would ask him. And the next week, when the little grossly, grocery delivery fellow came to the Rebbitson, she was happy to say that she had an answer. And the answer was a very short prayer. The Mode Ani. The first words that we say when we wake up in the morning. And he said, that's all? She said, yes, that's his favorite. The little fellow thought a lot about this. He was surprised. Those 12 words don't even contain God's name. As we become conscious in the morning, we say those words were still in bed. We haven't even washed our hands with Nagel Vasser. We haven't even gotten dressed. We haven't even formally started our day. Surely the Rebbe would feel that one of the more elaborate or sophisticated prayers recited later in the day must be more important. But above all, the Modet Ani was the Rebbe's favorite. And what does that tell us? It tells us of the great importance that the Rebbe attributed to actively focusing our attention on the gifts of life. That from the moment we wake up, we must make appreciation the cornerstone of our consciousness. And the very first thing to be grateful for is that we woke up. If we woke up in the morning, we already have so much to be grateful for. And we'll talk a little more about this. But let's say that our lives are, thank God, pretty much in order. Let's say that, thank God, we aren't suffering things that are dramatic. But like a child, we're pushing the time. Remember sitting in class and wondering if the break bell would ever ring, if the end of the school day would ever come, if Friday would ever come and we don't have to go to school tomorrow? When will my next birthday be? Push the time, push the time, push the time. For a child, it's like impossible to imagine 
I remember as a little one, maybe in grade one, if that, looking at the children in grade eight and thinking, oh, they still have so many years till they finish school. Thinking the school day is so long. I can't imagine surviving 12 years. And now how do we think? Many of us think, where has the time gone? Thank God we've been blessed to grow up. But the glow of life can tarnish in our eyes. Yes, there are highlights, but the daily drudgery sets in. And here we become, in a sense, the the predictors of our destiny. We know how the day is going to go, and we're usually right. Life becomes mundane. Oi, there's the traffic. Oi, I have to cook again. Oi, they made such a mess. Oi, this tour, that broke. The weeds are growing again. Well, thank God there are children. Thank God there is a garden. Thank God there's a car. Thank God there's a job. How do we infuse all of this with gratitude? It starts at the beginning of the day. If we focus our minds on the modern ani, we get a perspective. And we actually invest in our future. According to Hasidus, the words and feelings of gratitude that we express to Hashem, starting with the modern ani, Every time we say a blessing, Baruch Atah, becoming conscious of God in our presence, we actually invest in our own psychological well-being. It's an investment in how the day is going to go, in how our future is going to be. We actually can change the way we think. According to Hasidic teaching, the words that we say in gratitude, the feelings that we express to Hashem for the blessings that we already have in our lives actually become vessels, vehicles for new blessings and new abundance to come flowing into our lives and to be contained in those, in those vessels. So when we are thankful in the present, it actually starts a cycle of what we're going to be thankful for in the future. But we tend to focus on what's missing. And focusing on what's missing is a human response. If something scary happens, we have to be on guard that it doesn't happen again. So we remember it. We have to remember it to protect ourselves. In fact, neuroscientists have told us now that our brains have certain circuits to register the negative experiences right away in emotional memory so that we can learn from them. But when positive things happen to us, they kind of just flow through our brain like water through a sieve. 
Yes, we experience them. We have pleasure in them. But how quickly do we forget them and find it easy, find it hard to access them in return? We find it easy to access the negative, fixate on the negative, remember the negative. So we use up a lot more of our time and energy and probably brain space being busy, thinking about, processing, holding on to the negative stuff. Because we know that if we don't learn from what happened, God forbid, it can be fatal. And therefore, what does Torah teach us to do? What are we meant to do in order to live a happier, more positive, joyful daily existence? We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. A good nerve Shabbos. Good Chodesh. It is the beginning of a new month. And the new month is the month of Iyar. We had Nisan. And the word Nisan, the month we're still in, is a word of miracles. Nisan, Nisei Nisim, the double nun, the double miracles. Everything that we experienced in Hashem taking us out of Egypt, taking us out of bondage, performing miracles that boggle the mind. The more we study about them, the more our sages expound them, the more gratitude we have that, thank God, we not only had the constrictions, but not only historically, but every year God takes us out of Egypt. In other words, does miracles for us, takes us out of difficult situations, gives us incredible, incredible wonders and miracles. And so that's what happened two weeks ago. We left Egypt. But that wasn't the end. Challenge after challenge lay in front of the people. They left Egypt. Within a few days, the Egyptian army behind them, the sea in front of them. And then the miracle, the sea split. And after the sea split and the enemy was drowned, and Hashem gave them incredible treasures there, which they picked up and saved and became wealthy through. But the challenges continued. God taking us out of Egypt is compared to a bridegroom, rescuing a bride, rescuing a young woman, asking her to marry him and to follow him into the future. But that doesn't mean that life will be smooth and simple. Although this hero has taken her out of bondage, out of difficulty, she too needs to work hard to become a suitable partner for this wonderful hero. Hashem took us out of Egypt. And then he was the giver. And that 
pasuk in Shir Hashirim says, Dodili va'anilo, my beloved reaches out to me and I respond to him. Where's our response? Well, when the Jewish people left Egypt and this huge desert faced them after the miracles at Sinai, they grew frightened again. Each time they had a challenge, and there were many, their slave mentality kicked in again. Fear. Oh, no. I knew it was too good to last. Similar to the way we react when something difficult comes our way. When there's good stuff, we don't remember it for that long. And the mistake is that we aren't grateful enough to make it part of our psyche so that we can draw on it in times of difficulty and say, Hashem took us out of Egypt. Can you imagine if he can do that? He can do anything. Hashem created heaven and earth. He constantly gives me a new day. Let me see how many blessings I have in my life. Yes, there are challenges. There are difficulties. But so many people would give anything to have one of the blessings that I take for granted. The Rebbe, for example, was a childless man. And when people complained, as it were, about the difficulties in raising children, he said, believe me, I can feel with you. You might think because I have no children, I can't relate. But to appreciate that you have a child, but go back to the desert. Every time they surmounted one difficulty or every time Hashem showed them a miracle, there was another challenge ahead of them. And that is going to be the reality until the Mashiach comes, perhaps beyond. Then the challenges might be slightly different or completely different. But now the month of ER tells us that as the Jewish people went out of Egypt, Egypt, in a sense, went with them. And Egypt means limitation. It's a mindset. They came to the edge of the of the sea. The Egyptians were behind them. They forgot. Hashem can do anything. They cried out to Hashem. And Hashem said, now's not the time for prayer. He told Moshe, speak to the people that they go forward. And going forward means there's something that I have to do to bring about the splitting of the sea in my life. When they went through the sea and came to the other side and the Egyptians weren't following them anymore, they got scared. They were now confronted by a frightening, dangerous, barren wilderness. And again, the fear gripped them. They had to be trained as we need to train ourselves, particularly at this time of the year when every single day we count the Omer. We are counting 49 days from leaving Egypt to Sinai, from our own personal exodus, from our own celebration of Pesach and everything it entails, our own hard work, but in the gift of a time that God creates with an incredible energy of redemption. And if we tap into that, the work we need to do in ourselves becomes so much easier.
and we can do it with optimism and with joy. This month, historically, is a month in which, in the desert, they ran out of water. And Hashem created for them a well out of a rock, the well of Miriam, the well in the merit of Miriam that gave forth so much water for absolutely all of their needs, for their drinking needs, for their washing needs, in order to water their animals. They had plenty of water every time that they camped. The water was there. And each Nasi, each leader of the tribe, would just draw a line with his staff from that rock and it would turn into a little stream that he took to his tribe's encampment and they had water, miraculous water. But initially, they had to run out of water. They had to cry out to Hashem. There's another amazing thing about the water, and that is that initially, when they came to a certain place called Mora, there was water. They needed water. But when they tasted it, it was bitter. And they turned to Moshe, what do we do? And Moshe asked Hashem, and Hashem said, see that tree? It was laurel wood, a bitter wood. He said, break off some of that and throw it into the water. The people couldn't understand how will bitter make bitter sweet, but it did. We have to understand that the bitterness in our lives, we need to do something with trust. From the bitter comes sweet. From the challenge comes growth. From working at something, we feel it's ours. We have a sense of achievement, a sense of joy that nobody can give us. People ask, why does Hashem make us suffer? And the truth is, life should be good. Nobody should suffer. We don't want to see anyone suffering. Pain is a terrible, terrible thing unless we're able to harness the light inside. And that was the message. The message is yes, there will be challenges, but from the challenges, the relationship will grow. You will grow. You will become a fitting wife for this incredible king who has taken you out of jail, out of confinement, out of difficulty. They ran out of food. And again, Hashem provided them with a miraculous type of food, the manna from heaven that nourished them, that nurtured them, that healed them, that could taste like anything, that was fresh every morning. But... It was teaching them to depend on Hashem. It had to be reciprocal. Every morning the manna fell, but they were not allowed to save any overnight. Imagine that. No money in the bank. Trust Hashem will provide again in the morning. These are the lessons that we live with now in the month of Iyar. And the month of Iyar, the word Iyar is an acronym. It's an acrostic for the words, I am God, your healer.
Ani Hashem Rofecha. What does it mean to have a healer? A healer can prescribe a course of healing, medicines, treatments. But if the person doesn't take the medicine, the medicine remains on the outside, it will not heal the person. We have to do something. God is our healer. But we have to do something to bring that healing inside of us. And so it was that when we left the sea and then we came to the place where the water was bitter and it was sweetened, at that point, Moshe said to the people, if you will only listen to the voice of God your God and do what is right in his eyes and listen to his mitzvahs, and keep all of his statutes, then all of the ailments, the illnesses that I put on the Egyptians, on Egypt, I will not put on you, for I am God, your healer. Inherent in this teaching is that God wants to keep us healthy. When God heals Very often you didn't even know that you were sick. If I am well now, it's because God's protecting me. Not because or just because I made a vessel for blessing by washing my hands. We need to be aware of God's presence in everything. And how do we become aware? We become aware through practicing his mitzvahs. It sensitizes us through saying the modani, practicing gratitude, through being meticulous about the mitzvot that he has given us. And he's given them to us because he wants a relationship with us. Because together we have an incredible partnership with an incredible mission. So we will run out of water. And we will run out of food. And we will be confronted by a big sea in front of us or a maybe by the warrior nation Amalek. All of this happened within the few weeks of leaving Egypt till they got to Sinai. And with each challenge, when they cried out to Hashem, their faith was strengthened because Hashem showed his strength. Ask me, he says, recognize me. But before you do that, be grateful for what I've already given you. God is a God who hides. When he hides, he causes us to look for him, to search for him. And of course, King David says, you hid your face. I got so frightened. What did I do? I called out to Hashem. And what did you do? You changed, you transformed my mourning. To a dance for me. You opened my sack that restricted me. And you so you girded me. You surrounded me with joy. It's a relationship. It's a dance. He took us out of Egypt. Dodili, my beloved one, came to me. What am I doing 
lo to respond to him. Our work is to reach out, to search, to actively look for our beloved. The book of Shir Hashirim, Song of Songs, which is an entire love story between Hashem and the Jewish people. It is our history. King Solomon Shlomo HaMelech is describing wonderful times and painful times in our history. It's a romantic relationship. And it's a reciprocal relationship. God is infinite. And we are so small, weak, vulnerable. But he makes us important. He chose us. He wants us to be his lifelong partner. Imagine, we can do something for for him. What does he want? He wants to live in this world. He created a world, and he wants to live in this world. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. But Chodesh is a new month. We don't want to let go of the month of Nisan, month of miracles. But we're perforce thrust into the month of Iyer. Iyer is a month of work, but it's also a month of healing. The word Iyer stands for Ani, I, Hashem, Rofecha, your healer. I'm your doctor. I'm your healer. Imagine. God himself is my doctor. I have to phone him up and say, Doctor, over here it hurts me. Over here I'm not feeling well. This is wrong. This is, and I'm having anxiety. I'm not sleeping at night. Yes! Call the doctor. Our doctor. Ani Hashem Reifecha. But there's a higher understanding. And that is that all the difficulties, He doesn't even put them on us in the first place. In other words, we don't get sick in the first place. But He's our doctor. He's Hashem. He's our everything. And so we've got to play the game. He's our partner, he's our spouse, he's our father, he's our brother, he's our everything. We have so many different relationships, positive ones, close ones with Hashem. But we need to become aware of them. And unfortunately, we slip too quickly and easily into the victim mode, into the complaining mode, into the target mode part of nature, part of who we are. And therefore, what we need to do is our part to work to make positivity something real in our lives. I am grateful. Yes, it's a new cycle. We had ER last year, but it's also Rosh Chodesh. The word Shana, year, means 
cycle, vishinantam, you shall repeat them. It's something that just keeps on happening. Sunday comes after Shabbos. And Friday comes before Shabbos. That's according to the sun. Constant. Seasons, yes. And it seems like this is just how the world is. But then you have Chodesh. You have the moon. It gets dark. We get frightened. We pray. The new moon comes. And you could say, well, it's going to happen anyway. And we should say that the new moon will come, dawn will come, even in the darkest times when we see no light. But the word Chodesh is from the word Chadash, new. It doesn't stay the same. The moon will be big and it will diminish and it will be gone and it will be small and grow and shrink again. That's what's going to happen in our lives. But why? The Jewish month is here to teach us that Hashem is always there. We may not see Him. We may have to call out to Him. In Nisan, there was sudden change, redemption. We got a gift. But we got the gift. We still had to internalize the gift. We had to digest the gift. And until we did that, and until we'll do that, we kept on and will keep on becoming afraid, complaining. I'm out of food. I'm out of water. What's going to happen? There's no money in the bank. End of the month. How am I going to pay my rent? And so on. Er. Every single day of the month, we need to grow. We need to work. There's a particular attribute of self that we need to focus on and refine. We have to count the days. Understanding suddenly that it's a mitzvah to count the day. It's a mitzvah to see that this is a new day. Full of opportunity. Begin the day by being grateful for what is. Choose five things that you're grateful for. I woke up. I can see. I got out of bed. I have a sister. I have a roof over my head. Maybe not all of these, maybe other things. But let's begin. And the Rebbe, whose favorite blessing was Modani, he understood the value of everything, not only from the holy books, but when we look at the life of the Rebbe, the Rebbe came to America, they had nothing. They had to leave everything behind. Let me share with you. There was a young student who had an audience with the Rebbe when he first came to the yeshiva to study. His first audience with the Rebbe, and the Rebbe gave him the following advice about how to appreciate life. And the Rebbe said, don't take life for granted. In the morning when you wake up, thank God for everything that has been given to you. Many people go to sleep at night. And when they wake up in the morning, they expect their shoes to be next to their beds 
where they left them the night before. As they're getting dressed, they complain. The weather's too cold, the weather's too hot. Instead, said the Rebbe, they should be grateful that they're still alive and that their possessions are still with them and that a new day is beginning where they'll have an opportunity to do many good deeds. This rabbi says the lesson never left him. Let's remember that the Rebbe at that time had come to America as a refugee running away across Europe and crossing the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, during World War II. He knew firsthand what it meant to lose almost everything. For him to be able to give such advice after all the horrors he experienced speaks to us so much about his belief and his commitment to Modet Ani, to actively dwelling on the positive, seeing the positive, thinking about the positive, thinking about what's there instead of what's missing. In fact, the Rebbe encouraged us to cultivate this attitude of gratitude as a pillar of Jewish consciousness, as a mitzvah, it's not mitzvah from there, but a spiritual practice. Train yourself. Train your family. Train your kindalach to see the good. And that's the work we're doing now in the month of ER. Let's do it actively. Not just when we count the Omer at night, but we're at home. We're stuck, as it were. Not stuck, like everything else in life. Exact divine providence, I am where I need to be. Designed by my loving father, who knows me from before I was born, remembers everything that's ever happened to me and knows what I need right now. He gave me the two weeks of Nisan. That was a gift. Now I have to make it my own. All of ER, let's work on empowering ourselves. Let's work on bringing God into our lives as our healer, as our partner, working with us to overcome, to leave Egypt once again, to grow, to refine, to get on top of all those things about ourselves that we know shouldn't be like that, our weaknesses. We're going towards Sinai. Sinai is the wedding. Let's get ready. Prepare the trousseau. Refine the midos, the attributes, the behavior, the thinking, the speech. Yes, we will run out of water and it might get worse. The water we see might be bitter. But Hashem who makes bitter can make sweet. It's up to us to partner with him with gratitude for what we have and remembering God is our healer. God is our strength. We must do our part to tear off that piece of wood with trust and throw it into the water and turn bitter to sweet. Let's appreciate things differently. Our world needs healing. God is our healer. He proved himself to us so many times 
And he certainly is doing it now. Maybe not the way we would design, but let's step into his way of thinking. We saw the difficulties in Egypt. We see the illness of worry, the illness of fear, the illness of insecurity. Hashem can protect us that we don't get sick in the first place. Before we're even sick, he sends us a cure. We need to reach out to him by cultivating those things that show that we're in the world, we're alive and we're active. Every mitzvah we do is protection and it sensitizes us. God's asking us, if you will only do this, then all the difficulties won't even come upon you in the first place. It's a mitzvah right now to stay at home. Not an easy mitzvah, but Torah directs us and tells us how to do it. But we are the ones who need to do it. It's no use listening to what people say and say, oh, it's so clever. It's no use reading something. Online now, there are so many videos of inspiration and we say yes and then we forget about it and we get scared again. So let's end with this remarkable story. It was a bitterly cold night. And the great Chassid Reb Shmuel Munkis was on his way to see his Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi. It was winter. It was cold. As he walked along, the wind took the cold straight into his bones. Suddenly, to his joy, a wagon was passing by. The wagon stopped, and the wagon driver was very happy to give Reb Shmuel a ride. <coughs> he got inside, asked the wagon driver what he does. He was a liquor merchant. Sure enough, Reb Shmuel turned around and... He was there amongst so much liquor. He tried to make himself comfortable amongst the barrels of liquor, but he was freezing. He tried to warm up, but he couldn't. And then he realized that if he would drink some of the vodka, he would warm up. And the driver agreed, Gesundheit, hate, have a lachaim. And after drinking the vodka, Ripsmore felt warm, ah, a lachaim, through and through. When Reb Shmuel reached Liadi and he had a chance to have Yechidus with the Rebbe and he came inside to the Rebbe, he said, Rebbe, you've taught us as Chsidim that from everything we see in life we have to learn. And then he went on to tell the story. He said, the outside air had chilled me to the bone and for a long time I'm sitting surrounded by these barrels of mashke, of liquor. And although liquor has the power to warm a person, I was still freezing. Only when I actually drank the vodka did I become warm. And he said, this taught him such an important lesson in avoidus Hashem in divine service. A person might be in an environment of Torah. He might be surrounded by inspiration. All of this can only have an effect on him and warm his soul once he internalizes it.
And so it's up to us. We've got a lot of books around ourselves. We've got a lot of online access. And each one of these things needs to be opened in order for the light that's contained, the wisdom that's contained therein to come into the world and to come into our world. Words, ideas, they had the power to motivate and change people, but only if people act on it. If the word stays on the page or the idea stays trapped in our head, it's not going to help. It's like fine wine still in a corked bottle. We have to taste and see that God is good. Please, God, from this new month into the special Shabbos ahead and onwards into ER, may we be inspired to take action, for action is what this world is about. Let's change the way we relate to things, because if you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. Let's make that decision, that resolution, that we are going to do something that's difficult, a little bit out of our comfort zone, because Hashem's already done that. So what about our response? And may we then be blessed that these lessons are internalized and that healing is brought to the entire world through us doing our part. Yes, change is happening. Good Chodesh, good Shabbos.